Today's message is entitled, uh-oh, I'm scared y'all already, Actions of Death. Actions of Death. And our main verse is going to be from John 12 and 32, St. John 12 and 32, <clears throat> but we're going to read 24 through 33, so... <clears throat> If you go there in your Bibles, or you can look on the tab on the app there, you can use the Bible there, you can follow along as well. Let's talk about actions of death. Let's talk about this. Uh, we're still talking about being people of action. So we're spending this whole year talking about um, being people of action, um, learning how to act in 2022, uh, acting better, um, not just being people of words, um, but being people of action. Well, one thing we don't talk much about is the action of death. PC, I don't know where you get this from, uh, but uh, stick with me. I think you'll enjoy it. Death itself can be a powerful thing. I mean, let's let's just let's just settle with this. Death can be a powerful thing when we understand it in its proper facilitation or usage. Death is a part of the process of life. And it's going to happen whether you want it to or not. Whether we're talking about the death of a human or the death of a flower or the death of a tree, the death of a relationship. There are deaths occurring all over the world right now. And they have a meaning as well. There are actions that are being taken to facilitate those deaths. And for the Christian, it's going to happen, or for, for anybody, it's going to happen at least one or two ways. It's either going to happen spiritually, there are people who die spiritually, and there are people who die naturally. So most people want nothing to do with death, right? I mean, you're probably chilled. Yeah, PC, I don't want you talking about death. Family members don't want to talk about death. My mother would talk about it sometimes and she was, you know, trying to get her stuff together, her, you know, will together and all that. And we were like, we don't want to, well, come on, mama, come on. Uh, but she understood one day I'm, I'm going to be gone. And so there are a lot of people who try to encourage you to prepare your will in advance. In other words, take actions or steps necessary to accommodate or facilitate death. There is one death that requires our action. There's one death that requires our action. Have you ever received a letter in the mail um, and the mail on the letter inside, it says in bold letters, action required. So there is a death that there is an action required on our part. And it is important to note that the entire book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles that you have been reading, was written or predicated upon the death and the action of one man, Jesus. That the whole uh, Bible, this whole Acts of the Apostles, the actions taking place are all actions that are made based on a death that occurred. Ah, follow me for a minute. So, uh, uh, Acts doesn't... So, the book of Acts doesn't happen if Jesus doesn't die his act of death. 
So now that he has died, now that Jesus has died and his story is recorded in the books or in the gospels and his followers can be seen in the book of Acts when we read them, we can learn from the actions of death um, that leads to the actions of life. So watch this. So the actions of death that Jesus did leads to our actions of life. So our response in life is a response as it relates to the actions of Jesus's death. Let me explain this further. Take a look at this text. The text says, and I, Jesus is speaking, and I, in John 12, 32 and 33, and I, if I am lifted, lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. But he was saying this to indicate the kind of death by which he was to die. So the text is saying, if I, condition, if I, if I, meaning it's a condition, someone has to do something. There is an action that engages it. He says, if I be lifted up from the earth, notice it is, and I, if I be lifted up, emphasis on I, on him. He says, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me, right? So many have taken this phrase to mean, if we lift up Jesus in our lives, he will draw people to him. Watch this now, it gets tricky. Watch this, Lisa. We think that if we lift Jesus up in our lives, he will draw people to him. And I even started this sermon, Ben. I started this sermon with that in mind. Until the scriptures spoke louder than my thinking. I love when God corrects me. I was all set to preach the actions that we take in life of doing good and helping others will cause Jesus to draw others to him, focusing on all the good things that we do. My actions, in a sense, would be helping the kingdom of God, not wrong. The lifting up of Christ referred to in this passage is not talking about lifting up his life, but it is lifting up his death. As verse 33 clearly indicates, he said this to speak of his death on the cross. Put the scripture on the screen for me, please. Again, he says 33, but he was saying this to indicate the kind of death by which he was going to die. So the emphasis here was on the kind of death, the type of death that he would be lifted up from the earth by being put on the cross. Not just that Jesus died, but how did he die? What kind of way did he die? So the phrase referred to the kind of death, not just the death. So what he was saying was, uh, if I... If I be lifted up on the cross, then I will draw. So there is an action that is referring to the lifting up. The lifting up is key here as it is a reference to the Old Testament. Write this down. You can read it later in Numbers 21. The story of how the people of Israel were being bitten by poisonous snakes. And so God had allowed them to be bitten by the snakes. And so the people ran to Moses and said, Moses, pray to God to tell the snakes to stop biting us. God tells Moses, he says, take a serpent, wrap the serpent around uh, brass, and I want you to lift up this serpent, this image, and everyone who looks upon that image will live. Watch this now. So the scenario is taken from this perspective. And that's why the, the doctor's emblem, the medicine emblem is the cross, the, the, the stick with the snake around it. That's the medicine emblem, emblem because when people look upon that, they are healed. 
So Jesus was saying in comparison to the story in Numbers 21, he says, if I be lifted up and people see me, then they too will be healed. So Jesus was saying, unless the action is taken of putting myself on the cross, watch this now, because no man took his life. Jesus made the action. He committed the act of allowing himself to be killed. No one uh, took his life. He submitted to the process. He said, unless I take this action to put myself on the cross and you, they lift him up, no fruit will come from all of his life's hardship. So in other words, what Jesus is saying is, stick with me, I'm, I'm giving you the, the basis of it. He's saying all the whippings, all the beatings, all the stuff I've gone through, all the healing, all the stuff I did while I was walking on earth. He says, unless at the end of this process, unless I am lifted up on the cross to where people can see my final hour, people will not be healed. People will not be saved. People will not be delivered. So the key is, did we lift him up? So my first question was, is he saying then to the church, unless we keep putting him on the cross and keep killing him, he won't draw people to him? So so how do we, in other words, how, how do we get you to draw people today? How do we get you to draw? Do we do we lift you up on the cross again? Well, last we checked, you wasn't there. You you gone from the tomb. So that that's not the right question because it it isn't the death alone he's referring to. He's referring to the actions taken to make it the specific type of death he was going to die. So in other words, we can't duplicate his death, but we can duplicate the type of death. The things, the way he died. Are you tracking now? Are you seeing this? We can duplicate how the death occurred. We can't duplicate the death, but we can duplicate how he died. Ah, I love this. Watch this. So the key of focus in verse 33 is that the fact that he was dying is not the sole issue. It is not just that he died. We all know that. But what Jesus wanted to convey was the type of death. He had to be, watch this, he had to be lifted up from the earth on the cross. So in other words, when people were nailed to the cross in the Roman days, they would lay the cross on the ground, then put Jesus or put the man on top of the wood Nail him to the cross. Oh, God, I feel him. God, whoo, oh, I love it. You're going to get, I hope you get this. Nailed him to the cross. Make sure he's connected. But then they had to lift him up. In other words, the cross doesn't have any effect unless you lift. You have to lift up the cross so he can hang so that the blood drains from his body. Ah, oh God. It is the lifting up of the cross where his death, the rate of death is increased by lifting him up. Watch this now. Not just so that the death could occur, but so that people can see it occurring. Ah, woo. So the act, that's why, do, 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 you know, do you know why the scriptures talk about going to Calvary's mountain or the hill of Golgotha? Because it is on the mountaintop where you are at a higher elevated level. So people, can, can you imagine people coming to see how Jesus was going to die? Well, I'll get to that in a minute because we come to see <laughs> similar things. The action of death is in the lifting up of the one who dies. 
The action of death, the actions of death is in the lifting up of the one who dies. So the thing that kills you, which is the cross, when all is said and done must be lifted up from the ground so people can see him. And it is in the seeing him that saves people. If people can't see him die, they won't be saved. If people didn't see the serpent on the cross, on the stick that Moses held up, they could not be healed. If people can't see the death occur, they will not be drawn. So the whole point is to lift up death to see it. Stick with me for a minute. The action is to lift up the dead thing from the ground so it can be seen. Mm. We do so much to hide the dead things. Uh, We are not lifting up Jesus' life. We're lifting up his Death. And we are so enamored by the lives of people when Jesus says it is the death of things that draws. Uh, uh, Early in ministry, uh, I'm required. I was required in ministry as a, a training pastor to go to a mortuary to go to a coroner's office to see the process of how they deal with dead bodies. And there are steps that coroners and morticians have to take with the dead. First, they have to embalm it. You know, they get it from the doctor, ship it from the hospital, take it to them. You know, they sterilize it, they protect it from decay. That's why they embalm it. So they stick a needle in it and you know, they drain the blood and they put the, the fluid in them, embalming fluid, so that the body can be preserved long enough for you to dress it so it won't decay immediately. That's why we have to have funerals pretty quickly after a person dies before the decaying starts. So you dress the person. I've been where dead bodies are dressed. I've been where hair is done, wigs are put on. I've been there for that. You have to dress up the body to then present the body, that's when you have the funeral. So we embalm it, we dress it so we can present it. And that's when you walk by the casket and everybody, oh, oh, pass out. Oh, Lord, dude. Oh, grandma, pass out. You see, grandma. No, you know, everybody passes out because what are they doing? They are looking at death. They are looking at the personification of death only to do what? To bury it, right? So ultimately, we're going to hide death. But there's a part in the process where even the coroner and the morticians understand that death is to be seen because there are lessons to be learned from death. And there are people who must take actions in the process of death. There are actions needed for everything uh, that dies. Are you getting this? So is Jesus concerned about uh, seeing him in the act of dying? Or seeing him dead on the cross? Well, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it is. People want to see him. Jesus wants people to see him in the act of dying as well as being dead after the fact. So if Jesus, watch this now. If Jesus, he says, if I, I, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. So if Jesus draws others by people seeing him die, Jesus isn't on the cross today. So how does he draw them? How do we lift up his death today? How can people see Jesus dying today? That is the million dollar question. They see it. In us, people see the act of Jesus's death in our actions of death. Uh, So PC is going to teach you about the 
actions of death in our lives that mimic the actions of death of Jesus on the cross because if we lift that up, in other words, if we make it able to be seen, if we, if we put death on the mountaintop, Jesus says, I'll reel them in. <laughs> I watched a fishing show and they were fishing for bass. And he put the bait in the water. He'll reel them in. God says, I will reel them in on your ability to demonstrate the type of death I died, how I died. I died on a cross, lifted up in front of people to see my demise. So we're going to scroll up a little bit. Verses 32 to 33, and we're going to get the backdrop of this conversation. And let's exegete the text, starting at verse 24. The reality is, the reality is, we all are dying right now. You, you're more dead today than you were yesterday, because you're one inch closer to your expiration date. That we now, because of sin, die uh, in this process, where we were originally created to live forever with God. But because of sin... Man started dying because Eve messed up and obeyed the serpent, disobeyed the serpent and disobeyed God. And God said, if you eat the fruit, you will surely die. So he was talking about spiritual death. and He was also talking about physical death. Now we are living probably, the Bible says you have 70 years, 80 at most, at best. So you're living, we're living now, you know, under natural circumstances, anywhere between 70 and 100 and something, all right? So that's our, that's our area. And so everybody right now is dying. So why not actionize? Uh, that's all I'm trying to say. Why not actionize the death you're dying to get more out of it? What can I, Shana, what can I get out of my dying now? instead of waiting for my insurance policies to pay off later. What can I actionize now to receive some of those benefits? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Let me show you this next one. There are three actions of death. Three actions of death. The first one is, the first one is to think beyond yourself. All right, so when you you start thinking about death. You start talking about actionizing your death. One way to actionize your death is to think beyond yourself. In other words, see your death as a way to get to other people, to build legacy, to uh, prepare for what is successing you, succeeding you. In other words, you've got to think beyond just you and where you are right now. The second thing is you've got to learn to love yourself enough to let go. Notice Letting go is actually loving yourself. That you've got to love yourself enough to be okay with going. You've got to love yourself enough to say, it's cool, I'm getting older, I'm, the clock is ticking. And again, all of these actions of death are mimicking what Jesus had to do. Jesus had to think beyond himself. Jesus had to love himself enough to let go. And then number three, you have to be willing to follow who you serve anywhere. So if you say you follow God, you have to be willing to follow him. In other words, be where he is, do what he does, even if that means death. So you've got to follow him, whoever it is you say you serve. So number one is think beyond yourself. We talk about thinking beyond yourself. So when I, when I'm, when I say you're actionizing my death, I am, I am actionizing my death. I am taking action on my death right now by thinking beyond myself. In other words, I decide I care enough to grow. I care enough to get beyond me. Uh, in other words, I'm thinking of more than just me. I'm deciding to see how can my life impact more than just me. Your death actually, if you plan it right, can actually be to the benefit of way more people. But most people don't like to talk about death, don't plan death, so therefore their impact on more people is minimized because they didn't actionize uh, their death. So decide that your life is worth more than you. That's all I'm saying. Your life is worth more than you. When God created you, he said, 
I created you not just so that you could enjoy you, but so that the whole world, or not the whole world, but a whole lot more people can enjoy you as well. So decide that you want your life to mean something to people, all right? So check this out then. So the text says in verse 24, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So look at that again. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and does what? And dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, notice the condition. If it dies, what happened? It bears much fruit. So there is much fruit in the death of a thing. So except a corn of wheat fall into the ground. In other words, it, it, and it, it, unless it dies, if it just falls on the ground, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. In other words, if it just lays there, no one's going to see it. But if it takes root in the ground and springs up, ah, if concentrate, concentrate on up, we're going to get to it. If it dies, it brings forth more fruit. The emphasis, watch this, the emphasis of the text is on how to reach more people. So how do you reach more people? By dying. How does the seed reach more? One seed versus a hundred oranges? You do the math. If you want to reach more, then you actionize the death of things. Ah, watch this. And I'm not talking about just you dying. I'm talking about learning the, the concept of killing stuff or not. Come on. I'm not asking you to murder nobody. I'm saying of allowing things to die because the death of a thing Actionizing the death of something could actually mean reaching more people. <sighs> Being stuck on stupid. <laughs> Sorry, express the dilly uh, court reporter, please remove that. Uh, in other words, being stuck in a place demanding results that will not come from it <sighs> will, will never move you forward. And so you must actionize the death of a thing. You've heard of. Uh, you know, uh, even doctors will say, listen, we can't keep them on life support forever, right? We need to actionize the death. We need to take, pull the plug off. They aren't there. They aren't responding. In other words, when things don't respond, there, there's no more life to it. What do you do? You have to take action. And so the doctors ask the family, would you like for us to, in other words, you have to make the call. There's an action that, oh man, if you don't get this, I'm sorry, I, I don't know what to, in other words, watch this now. Listen, if you keep things local, if you keep things hidden in a drawer, if you do nothing with what is given to you, the token doesn't expand. We talk about how Jesus gave the talents to the men. He gave one to one, 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 two, and one, five. He said, go ahead and multiply this. If you do nothing with what is given, it doesn't expand. So he says, even, even the one who we gave one, the one he didn't do anything with it when the owner came back, he said, well, if you would put it in a savings, at least it would have drawn interest. If you... In other words, you have to do something with what you have. Everything in your life requires your attention. Everything in your life requires your attention. The goal of your life should be to bear much fruit. That takes action and the action is death. So the things in your life, you must look at the full compass of your life and decide how can I get more fruit in my life by allowing the dead things to die? Even a rose bush must be purged. The branches are cut. John 15 talks about it. You have to purge the, 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 the vine. You have to cut it down so that it can grow again. Ah, God. And so we must look at our lives to take action on stuff that is not responding. So Jesus on the cross said, if I die, <laughs> the whole world will be saved. In other words, because I'm going, I have to become bigger than a local figure. I can't reach the world as a single individual. But if I allow things to die, if I allow myself to die, and if I am lifted up in that process, 
I will draw more to me. So you reach more people by dying to the local influence you have. You have to become larger than the thing you are. And so even Bruce Wayne, in the concept of being an ideal in the person of Batman, Bruce Wayne has to be minimized so that Batman can reach more ah, people. So minimize your localized memories. Some of you have friends that can't get past what you did in 1980. You cannot talk about anything that's relevant today. They have no future vision. They don't have any new stories to tell you. I'm telling you, you have been localized. People who cannot discuss the future of your uh, embarking upon new ventures cannot celebrate that new panoramic goal. They are stuck in... uh, Man, never mind. Death is about legacy. And many people reach more people after they die than they ever did living. Streets are named after uh, people after they die. More people know about Nipsey Hussle uh, than, than they did when he was alive. When he died, it caught like wildfire. How many people was down at his store, at his clothes store, all on TV, trying to see, well, who was Nipsey, listening to us. And now, uh, um, what's his name, Kendrick Lamar, who writes the song, who, who gives the end of his song, Heart, to, dis- to, to, to speak from the person of Nipsey Hussle, to talk about his family, his wife, his children, and, and the community. In other words, there were no songs being written about Nipsey Hussle while he was living, but, uh, God, I'm trying to tell you, the death of a thing, now Nipsey is spread far beyond who he was in the local store. All I'm trying to say, you got to learn how to think larger than yourself. Jesus knew that if he died, the Holy Spirit would come and enter into all who believed and use them to reach way more people than he could do. Jesus going store to store, house to house. Now Jesus said, if I die, the Holy Spirit will come, get it all, y'all, and I can be all over the place reaching all kind of people. What if Jesus has been like, no, I ain't dying. I ain't dying. I ain't dying. Nope, nope. I'm going to walk this earth. I'm going to live till I'm 100, 300. He would have been a single person. Listen, he was walking around in Jerusalem. That ain't LA. That ain't that ain't Long Beach. In other words, when he going to get down to you? It's going to take a long time. You may have lived and died you, and you miss salvation because he's one person. Are you tracking what I'm saying? All right, let's go to number two. I got to move on. Number two, love yourself enough to let go. Love yourself enough to let go. You got to love yourself enough to let go of yourself is a nice way of saying, hate your life enough to save it. In other words, let me say that again. When you love yourself enough to let go, it's a, it's a nice kind way of saying, hate your life enough to save it. In other words, hate yourself, hate your life enough to not care about it so much to where you're willing to let it go. And in letting go, you actually save it. Or put it this way. All right, you don't don't like the word hate. How about love your life enough to lose it? That's all I'm saying. Love yourself enough to be willing to lose it. I'm dying and I love it. I love it because when I lose it, I'm actually saving it. God dog it. What does that look like? What does that look like? Okay, okay, Cynthia. See why? What does that look like? That looks like hate pride. It means hate the pride in me. Whenever I want to stand up and be recognized, put, put that, sit down, be humble. There it is again. Don't, don't live for people's approval, etc. It Listen, don't, in other words, love yourself enough to not focus on yourself. Let, in other words, it is the people who live who live most to impress and please others who become the most lonely people on earth. The Bible said, unless the wheat, the grain of wheat, go in the ground and die, it abides alone. In other words, it stays there alone. People who do nothing but talk about themselves, people who do nothing but seek to try to uh, embellish their lives. In other words, all they focus on what they do, how good they look, what they have, are the loneliest people in the world. The, the Bible, they abide alone. 
because they have not been in the process of death to where their life begins to mean something and people actually care about them. They don't get it that they're telling everybody or communicating everything that they have and do. People love the stuff. They don't love the person. They're enamored by what you have and the things you've done. But when you go in the ground and die, whether you have stuff or not, people love you. Ah, God. And that's why we can love God whether he gives us a Bentley or gives us a Toyota. It doesn't matter because he loves, I feel him now, he loves us. He's not concerned about, God is not checking off boxes in terms of what you have and how your faith called this down or not. God is moved by what you feel and what you think and who you are. He wants to know, gotta move on. Let's move on. Look at the text. Get past, I got, come on, get back past the cherry. Number 25. He says, he who loves life, he who loves his life, loses it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. In other words, if I, if I hate my life enough here, I will love my life enough there. In other words, I got to give up where I am now. In other words, as the number two was, Love my life enough to let it go. In other words, I've got, listen, if you love your life, you're going to lose it. If you try, in other words, if you try to save your life, if you do everything to try to protect your heart, I got to protect my heart. I ain't open up. I ain't being wrong, but you're going to lose your life. Every time you try to, I'm not going to let nobody hurt me no more. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to, you losing your life. If you surrender to the pain, remember, it is the death of your life. It is the persecution. It is the problems you have that God says, if you lift them up to the public to see it, instead of hiding it, every time you hide it, you have localized your life. You have not decided that your life has meaning beyond you. I feel Jesus pushing me. When you get yourself together and you allow people to see your real deal, I heard Bishop Jake say, don't nobody put no ugly picture on Instagram. Everybody puts their filtered picture. In other words, they give you an illusion that my life is perfect. When in reality, catch me on Tuesday at nine o'clock before I get a filter and and a light in front of me. You will see scars that makeup can't cover. In other words, people aren't being real about the death that is occurring in their life. And so Jesus says, he who loves his life shall lose it. You will be lonely, baby. You think you're saving yourself, but you're going to be lonely. He who hates his life enough to let it go in this life, he says, will save it for the life to come. So it is It is the holding on to a thing beyond its time that ultimately causes its more devastating loss. Have you ever tried to hold on to a relationship you knew was over and all it did was got worse and worse? You were lonelier than you were by yourself. Ooh, that's good. You with somebody, but you lonelier with them than you would be by yourself because you are holding on to something that you should let go selfishness. God, I feel him. Selfishness can keep you from abundance. You can be so selfish that you want what you want when you want it and how you want it. But God says, if you open up and let it go, don't be selfish. In other words, choose not to get what you want. Then I ain't doing nothing but talking about Jesus. Jesus could have saved himself on the cross. They even told him, say, if you be the Christ, come down and save yourself. Jesus said, no, I'm not doing that. I got a job to do. He says, I I know what I need to do. He says, be willing to forsake. In other words, be willing to forsake what you want to make sure others get what they need. In other words, don't be so selfish about what you want that you deprive people from getting what they need. Ah, yes, I could not call you back because I don't feel like it, but I forego that feeling to make sure you get what you need because what I'm doing is essence. I'm hating my life enough 
to secure my life in the future. In other words, if I do it for you now, I'm going to be all right later. Jesus knew that if he gave himself up now, he would experience himself again in a greater capacity as was the case before. In other words, Jesus was saying, if I die now, he says, I'm going to be with my father again. In other words, I could save myself. I could come down off this cross, but that's not going to put me back where I need to be. And people keep fighting for what they have when what you have is not really where you should be. What you have is a default. It's a dividend. It's an offshoot of where God really wants you because all of us are trying to get back to our original state. Our original state is without sin. Our original state is walking in the garden with God. Our original state is living with God forever. And so we right now are not in our premier state. We are dying so we can live eternally. Cat dog it, John. Never mind. I got to get out of here. Got to get out. Number three. Number three. Be willing to follow who you serve. Be willing to follow him anywhere, even death. We are not only following how God lives, but we are also following how God died. Come on, you good Christians. Come on, you good Christians. Come on. You want to follow how God lives, but you don't want to follow. You don't want to follow how God does. Uh-huh. All of the social media sites are about following people we admire. Oh, we got up following 8,000 people. I'm following 2,000 people following me. And we troll them. We troll them to see what J-Lo got on. How low can the back go down to cut in the back? Have mercy, J-Lo. Oh, help Pastor Cherry. And we tr- we troll them to see how they watch this we troll them to see how they're living ain't nobody trolling nobody to see how they dying and ain't nobody on social media posting how they dying ain't nobody want don't nobody want you're not gonna have millions of followers trying to follow somebody who's dying but God's social media his platform is the Bible you'll scroll Instagram all day but you won't scroll the Bible I'm writing this song and I'm saying scrolling through love is not how it's supposed to be. In other words, we put our love in our phones and in texts and in DMs. We got to get off of that. But we won't scroll through the Bible. We won't flip the, let me, where my Bible at? We won't flip the pages to flip, uh, uh, let me, let me fire, let me, let me see social media. Here, where Facebook? Let me see who a follower is. Let me, oh, what, what post? What did he post in Psalm 23, 1? The Lord is my shepherd. I, oh, I like that post. That go, listen, Jesus was posting long before Twitter. Jesus was tweeting. Jesus was tweeting long before you even. In other words, we must look at the Bible and we must look at it to follow not only how he lived, but we must study the actions of his death because it was his death that makes the Bible relevant. It was his death that makes the Bible ring to reality in our lives. Without Jesus' death, you don't have no hope. It was the death that builds the whole circumference, the fulcrum, the basis, the foundation of why we have hope at all was the fact that he got on the cross and the fact that he died. His death is the reason that I'm free. His death is the reason I'm sinless. His death is why I've got victory over death. His death is the reason I'll get up from the grave. It is his death that precipitates my rising up. Remember, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So Christians say they serving God. I serve Jesus. Praise the Lord. I serve God. But few of them are following the path he took. The premier point of Christ's act of service was him laying down his life on the cross. That's why he came. Jesus didn't come to set up on a resort in Hawaii or in Jerusalem to lay back on cots of ease and sip on Chardonnay. Jesus didn't come to lay out in the sun and to get a hot tan and to make sure he's looking cute and fancy. Jesus' mission was to die. He came with an oh God dog it. He came knowing that that was his mission. And he even cried out to the father saying, man if it's possible daddy, is there another way we can do this? In other words he knew death was coming. And the premier point of his service was that he came to lay down his life. What are you laying down? Let me talk to you. What are you laying down? What are you actionizing? What are you acting? 
actively laying down in public, raising it up so see, so people can see you lay it down. Listen, they did not kill him without his consent. His action was allowing this to happen, and it was for the greater good. He said, you don't take my life. I lay it down. Don't get it twisted, Pilate. You think you're killing me. I'm giving you my life. In other words, I'm letting somebody do something to me because when they kill me, oh God, Exodus says that the more they persecuted Egypt, the more Egypt persecuted the Jews, the more they multiplied. The more the devil tries to stomp you out, God says the more opportunities I'll give you. But you don't want to go through nothing. You want to always call and get bailed out. Every time you go through something, you start calling people asking for payment, handouts, can you help me? Can you help me? Let me hold something. You keep asking people to bail you out instead of going through it. Allowing things by not fighting back is an action as well. I'm going to say that again. Allowing things by not fighting back is an action as well. To fight for something God is wanting you not to have is not honorable. But there is honor in letting what God lets happen to you. There is honor when you let God just let it happen to you. Because you know that if I die, I'm going to raise again. (laughs) It's the actions of death. Let's look at the text uh, as we bring this to a close. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. He says, if anyone serves me, the father, here it is, look at him, the father will do what? Honor him. If you serve me, honor me. If you serve me, you must follow me. And where I am, there my servant must be also. So if Jesus was on the cross, boo, you got to get where the cross is. If a man serves him, you got to be willing to follow him. Where, where did he go? He followed. He went to cross. He went to Golgotha. He went to Calvary's mountain to be killed. So wherever he said, I am, so shall my servant be. You can't say you serve God and you ain't never been to Calvary. You can't say you serve God and you ain't never been on a cross. You can't say you serve God and ain't nobody killed you for no reason at all. You can't even get a testimony out your mouth. Talking about God says, I will not honor you. He says, but I honor the people who go where I go, who sit where I sit, who live how I live, and who die how I die. Woo, come on. Woo, I feel him preaching. Following God means doing as he does. It means living as he lived and dying as he died. Wherever he is, so will his servant be. Yea, though I walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. David can't say that unless he understood that God was with him on the back battlefield. He understand that he was surrounded by soldiers, but God kept on keeping him and covering him in times of trouble. And you've got to be able to know that the Bible says that uh, 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 many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers them out of them all. How about Psalm 46? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. So the verse concludes saying the father, the father honors these types of servants, but why? Why does the text says God honors him? Here we get to the heart of the matter and really the actions of death are honorable to God because our acceptance of our hardships actually means raising them up so others can see them. Uh, I slipped it on you and you missed it. I gotta say it again. Our acceptance of our hardships is how we raise them up. When I accept what's happening wrong in my life, I'm raising it up. And when I raise it up, others can see it. And when others see it, people can come to God. The three things outlined above make the life more lifted up. In other words, when I see myself more than myself, I'm lifting my life up. When I love my life enough to give it up, I'm lifting up my persecution. And when I follow God, even to the point of death, I am lifting my life up so that it can be visible. In other words, I am dying out loud. Ain't nobody putting DOL on they post dying out loud they put laughing out loud laughing or rolling on the flow dying rolling on the flow but who wants to get saved to go through persecution or actions of death who wants to come to Jesus for life but then have to die before experiencing the abundant life well in light of this I have a question 
for you. Take a picture of this one because you got to answer it. Should we ask God to save us from what we're going through? Should we be at his throne saying, oh, Father, deliver me from this cross? It's too hard. He broke my heart. She took my boyfriend. I don't like her no more. I can't stand that boss. Should you be asking God to get rid of the thing that's troubling you the most? The answer is negative. No. Why? Because these are the actions of death. We have been put here for it. We have been assigned to that job. We have been assigned to that boss. We have been assigned to that husband because can't nobody handle him like you can. You have that cross to bear. But Jesus says, if you die lifting me up, if you die like I die, in other words, accept what you're going through. He says, I got you on the back end. He says, our death, watch this, I love this. Our death actually fertilizes the life of so many other people and things. In other words, so when I'm dying, I fertilize. Ooh, I love it. I got some dead grass spots again. Every year it happens, but I got to sow some seed on it because that will have to die. In other words, I know, listen, I'm telling you, Joy, I am intentionally putting stuff out there that I know will die. I'm not expecting it to live forever. Why? Because the death of it will bring the fruit of God dog it. Some of you give stuff, you start stuff thinking it'll last forever. You dummy, everything you have in your life ain't gonna last forever. I'm telling you, actionize the death of things in your life. The death is coming. Our death fertilizes things. A seed in the ground brings life when it's watered from above. Paul said like this in 1 Corinthians 15 31. He said, I die daily. He said, a part of me is killing off every day. He says, but I rejoice in my infirmities because when I am weak, God says, I'll be your strength. In other words, my daily persecutions are worth it because I know my resurrection is coming. That's why Jesus could say, if they slap you on this side of the cheek, give them the other because ain't no way the devil's going to win if he takes anything from you. He's going to recover it all. And the more visible it is, come on, the more visible it is, the more drawing he can do. In other words, the more public you make your faux pas, he said, I'll use it to get people to come. People can't be drawn to what they can't see. Ain't nobody buying my CD if they can't see it. That's why I've got a partner with a company that will distribute it all over so people can see it. If people can't see your life, ain't nobody coming to God through your life. We are made visible by how we respond to the persecutions of our life. Jesus was saying, make my death public. He was saying, if my, listen, if my cross death goes viral, he says, more people are going to get saved. In fact, listen, and I let me tell you something. I ain't even talking about people, but I'm going to tell you, in fact, my persecutions have drawn me to him. Listen, if nobody came to Jesus through me, I came to him. <laughs> when after I went through what I went through, I was at his feet. I know, God, Jesus, I love you. Oh, I love you, Lord. Oh, I love you. My worship is intensified because of what I've gone through. He doesn't just use my stuff to draw others. He used them to draw me. If I hadn't gone through the hell I went through, you wouldn't see me crying on this screen. You wouldn't see me lifting my hands in worship. Our earthly death is God's heavenly glory. And this is the question that troubled even Jesus. Let's end on his notes. Look at this text. He says in 27, Jesus said, now my soul has become troubled. And what shall I say, Father? Save me from this hour? In other words, should I be asking you? Get me out of this? In other words, no, because the text says, for this purpose, I came to this hour. I was put on earth to deal with this. I got everything I need to be able to deal with it. I was put on this planet to deal with that fool. I was put on this planet to be able to let it go. I was put on this planet because 
I can tolerate it. Even Esther, the Bible said, it might be that you might serve for such a time as this. Everybody's got a season and your season has come for some stuff to die. You keep thinking that your season is about everything living, but there's a season where stuff has got to die. Let me get a shimmy on you. Come on. Come on, Steph. Come on, Steph Curry. Give me a little shimmy. Jesus said his soul is troubled. He said, my soul is troubled because something inside of me keeps saying, Lord, get me out of this. But the purpose on my life is bigger than my pain that I'm going through. And he says, I know I was brought for this moment. So dummy, if Jesus even was praying to get out of it, ain't nothing wrong with you praying about it. But at the end of the prayer, you got to be able to say, I was born for this. You got to look at that divorce and say, well, it happened. It wasn't God's will, but such is the case. The consequences behind it. I'm moving forward. I was born for it. Jesus' response, look at 27b. He said, I was meant for this. I came to this hour. Jesus came to die. Newsflash, so did we. We were born to die. I came to tell you the abundance of our life comes after we surrender to God. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that more abundantly. Well, how do you get to abundant life, Sharika, Shanika, you get to it by dying. We came to die. I want somebody to actionize your death. I'm dying and I'm doing something about it. Oh, that wouldn't even make sense. But here you go. Jesus said, I was here for a purpose. Look at 28. Ride with me. Come on, Terry. Let's ride it on home. He said in 28, now he said, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came out of heaven. He says, I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again, son. He said, look here, because you on the cross, he got said, I got you. He said, don't worry about it. I got you. I'm going to take care of you. So Jesus asked him, he says, glorify me. In other words, make me look good again. Jesus said, I know I'm looking real bad right now. People talking about me. People talking about me. I got to get divorced. I lost my kids. I lost my church. I'm down to 20 members. I'm, everybody got a view. Everybody now. Oh, somebody even told me. Somebody came to my office and said, the Lord's hand has left me. Told me to my face. And I was thinking. Oh, you read the story about Ichabod. Well, you put me in the same category as Ichabod. You need to read the Bible in context, boo. Let me tell you something. I didn't tell them that. I just let them say what they're going to say. But Jesus said, glorify me. And Jesus, the father said, son, don't worry about it. He says, I've already glorified you. He said, I will glorify you again. Somebody said, I'm going to be glorified again. In other words, whatever you've gone through, if you die the death the right way, it's how you die. It's not that you're going to die. You gonna die, boo, but it's how you die. Actionize your death. Woo, come on, ride it over here. Come on, Shantucket. Jesus then asked the father, he said, he said, give me, give me my, give me my glory back. Look at 29, look at 29. So the crowd of people heard this voice, stood by and heard it and was saying that it thundered. Others were saying an angel had spoken to him. Verse 30 says, Jesus answered and said, the voice has not come for my sake, but it came for yours. Woo, he said, look here, I know that God's gonna take care of me. He says, but sometimes God does stuff where the world can hear it, not for my sake, but so that you can know it. I'm telling you, it is in the visibility of what you're going through that people can see and hear what you experience. And God says, I'm not doing that for you. I'm doing it for the people who are watching you. In other words, it don't change your story. I got you. I'm going to glorify you. You know that. Let people talk. Let people hear. Let me tell you something. Even bad press is good press because people who are talking negatively about you they on the news talking about you even Paul said while I'm in prison he says some follow because they want to some follow because they trying to make me look bad he said either way they talking about the gospel <laughs> he said I know that people are hearing this and it's going to work out for my good look at verse 31 so now he gets to 31 he says now judgment is upon this world and the ruler of this world will be cast out and I if I am lifted up from the earth will draw men to myself. So now we get to the crux of the matter. He says the power 
that the prince of this world had was about to be conquered. Judgment is upon this world. The ruler will be cast out. Everybody who did dirt to you is going to bow down. Everything that's going to be conquered is going to get under my feet. His death would shift the authority. In other words, there's a shift in authority. What was controlling you, what was making you anxiety, what was making you stressed out, what was capping your funds, what was making your credit score bad, what was keeping you from doing things, what was limiting your relationship with your family and friends, God says, I'm shifting the authority of it. He says, your death, my death, has changed the power control. He says, I've taken the remote from the devil and I put it in your hand. God says, no more can the devil flip the channels on you, but now you can flip the channels on Satan. So God says, the sooner you let go, the sooner you die, the sooner you actionize what's wrong with your life, put it public, the sooner you can have the remote. Me and Joy go back and forth. Do you want the con? You want the remote? You want the remote? In other words, who wants to control the channel? Because you keep turning to Hallmark. I don't want to watch Hallmark. I'm tired of Hallmark. Let me watch something else. So we change the authority of the control. And that's when the scripture comes up. If I be lifted up, that's when I will draw all men unto me. It is in the dying of the death the way I died. It's not just that I died, but that I was raised up for people to see. He says, I came to this earth to be able to pull from people from an inward perspective. You keep trying to pull people by your look. Wink, wink. Fancy hair. Augmented boobs. You keep doing the out stuff. God said, if you die like I tell you to die, you'll draw people from the inside. And this he said, as verse 33, put it on the screen, he said, it's saying this to indicate the kind of death that I'm dying. In other words, it was his death that would be glorifying to his moment. So the whole point, people, of this is to show others not just that he died, but to show how he died, the type of death. He died publicly on a cross, ridiculed with a crown of thorns on his head. Todd Cock talking about, in mockery, here lies the king of the Jews, making a mockery of him, beating him, scolding him, back skin ripped up from thorns and ripped up from belts and whips. And he says, to that, I show my actions of death. My scars are my actions of death. My pain is my action. My empty bank account is an action of my death. The loss of friends is an action of the therapy that I went through is an action of my death. Listen, I went to therapy because I was trying to heal. I didn't fight back. I didn't retaliate. I didn't get revenge. I didn't key their car. But instead, I hired somebody to talk me through it. Come on, somebody. Our voluntary submission to God's will by displaying our misfortunes to the world so that ultimately the world can see that we've overcome even the things that tried to kill us is what brings God honor. We've got to show our scars. We've got to be willing to be vulnerable. And though our cross may not be one of the the marked tree with vertical and horizontal lines, our cross could be crosses as in crosses between races, crosses between families, crosses between bosses, crosses between spouses, crosses between kids, crosses between whatever crosses pass, whatever creates friction, crosses with an intersection, crosses at a railroad crossing, crosses where there is a divide, crosses that creates a partition. So you want to say, well, I'm just on, I don't see no cross. Yeah, you see a cross. Every time you deal with her, you deal with that cross. Every time you deal with it, you deal with that cross. Whatever our crosses look like, even a maze of crosses. Some of y'all got crosses all over the place. You confused. You can't get out the maze because there's too many intersections. You have no idea where the dead ends are. But if you come to church, if you start walking by the spirit, God will show you which way to take. Your crosses lead you to life. Our goal is to take action of letting the world see what we go through so we can show the world the victory that our God gives us. 
And in doing so, we give the onlooker a chance to see Jesus and be drawn to him by his everlasting love that we choose to lift up so they could see it. I'm choosing to lift up what happened to me. I choose to talk about my horrible divorce. I choose to talk about the custody battles of my three children. I choose to talk about how it set me back financially. I choose to talk about how the police showed up at my house and at my church to arrest me for charges that were trumped up. I refuse to let it go down in a hidden localization. I will talk about the pain and the struggles that I've gone through personally and the mistakes I've made because in the admission of what went wrong, God glorifies himself through my life. So even if people don't see it, even if some folk who used to be a part of this church never come back, it did good for me. It brought me closer to him. It drew me closer to him. It brought me, I'm a better man because of it. I'm a better man. I had to hire security at church because I got an email or a paper note saying that you're going to catch some heat today when you show up to church. But I mounted the pulpit anyway because I said if I'm going to get shot, I'm going to get shot preaching because I know to live is Christ and to die is gain. I wasn't scared. I'm telling you, I will tell you the stories of how I stood in the pulpit preaching while I had a car full of clothes and trash bags and I didn't have nowhere to go sleep right after I preached life to other people. I will talk about what went wrong in my life because the death of me is the life of others. I hope today, through this message, you will be drawn closer to him. I'm PC, and that's all I've got.